Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we casually discuss the Animorphs one book at a time. I'm Casey. And I'm Alex. And we're going to talk you through the plot of each book. But more accurately, take you on tangent trips, factoid forays, and say, well, actually, as much as possible. Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month, and we'll take you along on our mission. And we promise to have you back under the two-hour time limit. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement to make. Incredible as it may seem, both the observations of science and the evidence of our eyes lead to the inescapable assumption that those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmlands tonight are the vanguard of an invading army. Woohoo! Woohoo. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I wanted to hit start because I know you hated this book and I don't know if you want to start. Well, I don't know if you hated it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't hate it. I just got kind of mad at many points in it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested. <laughs> I just, um, uh, okay, so I guess we could play our favorite game, which is, which we can now do, um, in the yeah. later books is, is the, is this ghost written game? My favorite <laughs> game. Do you think it's, did you think it was ghost written? Do you think uh, it's ghost written? Yes. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> okay. I can tell within a couple of paragraphs, like, Im- almost immediately. I was like, uh, no. <laughs> what is this? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, do you want me to start reading or do you want to um, talk about the cover, which is like, bleh, eh. Uh, so my ebook didn't have a cover. It's the squib. Okay, the squib. It's one, the right? squid. Yeah, squib. It's fine. It's it's a cover. It's it's, it's not cover. as bad as the last cover. I imagine. It's no, it's not. Well, what's um, this book called? It's called The Exposed. Oops, the, that makes sense with the with the chibi. Yeah, yeah. The, the chibi. Chee. I'm gonna look it up um, on Google. Hopefully, I don't come to any spoilers. Hopefully Ew. not. It's fine. Like, it's I hate yeah. her her face in it. It's but it's fine. It's fine. I'm just I'm perturbed by the squid itself. Um, because okay. it looks like a phallus. Um, but that's <laughs> that's like a, that's like a me issue. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like it's a phallus <laughs> like end of story but it's got like the the flappy bits on it <laughs> that probably makes it worse doesn't it i don't know <laughs> oh no the third one her face though i i hate her face so much oh god like I really wish they had gone with the sperm whale instead of the squid. Yeah. Yeah. Which was I... a much funnier morph in the book, too. It's my favorite whale. My favorite whale. Is that really your favorite whale? It is, and not for the obvious, like, giggle sperm reasons. Um, just because, I don't know. So I tend to have recurring dreams about whales. They're kind of like, mm-hmm. like my 
inner guiding force. I won't say spirit animal because that's not um, culturally correct for me. But um, they're like, I don't know. I I, I love whales and I feel a connection with them. Um, And I always have recurring dreams about them. And sperm whales are the ones that have been with me the longest. Nice. That makes sense. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they're my special babies. Aw. Special babies. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it would have been a better cover, too. (laughs) Yeah, although, scale-wise, I don't... Well, I mean, giant squid's a lot bigger than the cover indicates. I was thinking that, too, and then I was thinking, like, okay, but, like, Remember, like, the fly books and the spider books. Like, yeah, true. The, the scale is never really... <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. The scale is kind of bullshit. <laughs> Tobias is a man-sized bird in the in the Alternivores cover. <laughs> He's a man-sized bird at all times. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. This book was... I mean, I'm just going to get into it. I'm just yeah. going to start. Yeah. All right. Bounce in. Let's bounce in. Rachel is on the balance beam. We're back to gymnastics. Huzzah. <laughs> um, and she's monologuing about the Yurk invasion and about how she's always the first one to rush into battle and to fight and to be reckless. And then she like kind of steps back and she's like, but being reckless in gymnastics just gets broken bones. And then she's like, goes back to thinking about like how she's starting to enjoy the fighting and the battles and how it scares her that she's enjoying these things. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. <laughs> I, it's like I'm addicted or something. It's like, no, 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 no. That's... Yeah, she's, she's literally like, I'm afraid of my own self now. Yeah. Um, you're, not, you're not that introspective, dear. <laughs> Like, you're becoming more aware, but you would never, like, state it outright like that. Right. It's it's a big jump. Yeah. Like, this is one of those things where it could have, like, been written in a way that we could get those implications from what she was thinking, but without just, like, stating it outright. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... But then her inner monologue is broken by a guy named T.T. calling her name. <laughs> she, I thought it was I thought it was just T. And then I thought about Mr. T. And that's all I could picture. Oh, no. I'm like, gross. <laughs> get out of here, Mr. T. <laughs> oh, that is... I don't like that. I don't like it. There are two T's. It is T.T. Yeah. Because it becomes important later. I'll just say that. Teen Not very teen. important. It becomes moderately, no, it becomes mildly important later, kind of. Oof. Ugh. Um, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> so uh, when TT calls her name, she loses her balance and she starts, like, windmilling backwards off the balance beam. And TT, like, runs over, like, oh, I'll catch you. Gross. And she <laughs> literally does everything in her power to <laughs> fall away from him and just hit the floor. <laughs> I mean, they're on mats, like, you know, (laughs) you're not going to get seriously injured. That's that's true. I just like that she was, like, doing everything in her power to be like, no, you're not going to catch me. (laughs) Fuck you. Fuck you, TT. (laughs) Um, And then she's like, I'm not really hurt, but my pride is bruised. And she was going to yell at him, but then he was cute, so she didn't. Gross. Yeah. (laughs) 
it like it's a very uncomfortable open oh my god yeah it was rough yeah it's just like weirdly like i don't know i don't want to say misogynistic because i don't think that's the right word but like it was problematic for me yeah in many ways and like yes he was cute but then you have a boyfriend kind of hawk baby friend yeah that's about the only thing we got from this book is that no one knows what they're doing in this relationship (laughs) yeah like It's it's hard enough being a 13 year old and not knowing what to do but also hawk and human yeah and okay i'm just gonna keep going because there are some logistics that she quotes like in the next paragraph that are kind of bullshit so she what happens is tt asks her out to a movie and she hesitates for a second because she starts thinking about like how nice it might be to be able to like go out to see a movie and then be able to go out for pizza afterwards and like she can't do that with tobias and so she's like kind of thinking about it um and then she like literally while she's like going through all this she's like stomping through the locker room slamming the doors slamming lockers getting angrily dressed stomping around (laughs) she starts like stomping out of the gymnastics whatever gym i guess and starts heading towards the mall and the whole time she's like just doing everything angrily and thinking about like tobias who she's like i guess we're kind of going steady they use a really outdated term for this like yeah Yeah. (laughs) i think they they just said going maybe something like that like i guess we're going but who knows oh man it was very weird um and then she like looks up to see if tobias is there and she's like he isn't there he's probably like eating baby rabbits or something (laughs) freak yeah (laughs) oh no but like here's the thing like they could totally go to a movie. He could demorph and remorph in the bathroom, it's and then they could get pizza. Deal. It's like waiting for somebody who had to accidentally poop in the middle of a date. Is the timeline we're talking about? <laughs> yeah, or like I don't know, somebody with diabetes who has to go do their insulin or something. Like, right? It's, it's, it's totally doable. Like, it's, it's not, a big not even deal. slightly problematic. Like, it's not. It should no. It's inconvenient, sure, but no. Moderately. It's mildly inconvenient. And like, oh my god, I just don't get why this is such like, she like states this like, after he has to demorph, that's it, it's over. No, dude, he can do it again. Like, Yeah. Especially now that like morphing doesn't take up all of their energy and they can do it like back to back to back to back. There's mm-hmm. no reason. So Yeah. And that yeah. It's not like you're I don't know. It's it's not a big deal. She's it's making not it a big, big deal. deal. <laughs> she's she's making a thing out of nothing. Yeah. Um But yeah. So anyway, she's stomping off to the mall. And she, like, just starts going through her usual, like, rounds where she hits, like, various stores and then hits the sale rack. And, like, she was, I think they said in the limited, which I don't think exists anymore. Oh, no. (laughs) And she was like, oh, nothing on the sale rack. No problem. I'll just, like, go to, like, Gap or whatever. Um, 
And while she's going to the next store, she runs into Cassie, who is also shopping. However, Cassie is a normal human being and is just buying bath oils for her mom's birthday. (laughs) Oh, the limited is still around. Is it? Apparently. It might be online only. Let's see. Oh, never mind. Wait. Online clothing retailer operated between the middle 1960s and the middle 2000s. After 2007, it became a brand. Uh, Who cares? Boring. Anyway, it's still around, I guess. I guess. You know what is still around? Bath and Body Works, where Cassie bought bath oils for her (laughs) mom's birthday. I'm surprised Cassie went to the mall without Rachel. Yeah, so, like, I don't think Cassie was quite herself in this book like I don't think they hit mm-hmm. that that character really well but I did really appreciate the relationship between Cassie and Rachel in this book true so yeah, hmm. yeah. they seem to be very like kind of friendly but then there's also like banter and like all yeah. sorts of things so yeah, yeah. that's a good point I, I didn't overtly notice that but now that you mention it I don't know why I hyper focus on that friendship i don't know what it is about them that i always like notice it when that thing when that shit happens but but like we we keep wanting to see it and we keep mentioning that we want to see it Mm -hmm. so and i thought that that um the writer did a good job it's not the same one as the last book as you probably knew from the writing style i did Yeah. (laughs) yeah um but i really liked the writing style that i'm pretty sure she i'm like 99 percent sure she did um, so yeah, I'll look that up to be sure later, but I believe if I remember correctly, it's a girl that, that wrote this yeah. a woman. Gender is a social <laughs> construct. Oh God. I just knocked my tripod over. <laughs> You're so enraged. Um, yeah. Anyways, Cassie's got bath oils and, uh, that's when they notice Eric whose hologram is flickering in the middle of the mall. Eric's like a regular now. Eric is is a regular friend of the series at this point. He's yeah. like Will Wheaton in the Big Bang Theory at this oh point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. A show that I haven't watched in years. <laughs> I thought it was over, actually. Um, they, They're wrapping up their last season. And the only reason it came to mind was because Will Wheaton just did a thing uh, where the actress that played Beverly Crusher, his mom on, on Next Gen came on to the Big Bang Theory. So there was like a reunion shoot that Will Wheaton did with like his wife and then his space mom. And they're like, our space family's all here. And it happened because of the Big Bang Theory. And that's the only reason I know that they're still wrapping up filming on that show. All right. It's a convoluted way to get news, but (laughs) (laughs) that is what happened. (laughs) Anyway, Eric's flickering and it's bad. Right, right. It's super bad. He also can't really move at like a normal pace. Like he can <laughs> He's like doing a move. robot. Oh god. He's just like jerkily moving her out. Yeah, like super slow. Um the six so million Cassian, dollar man. He is a six million dollar man. That's what he's worth, he says <laughs> momentarily. Um, anyways, <laughs> Cassie and Rachel, uh, like, flank him and try to drag him to a place where he can blend in, but he's, like, super fucking heavy, so they are having problems. Um, but Rachel, of course, because she's in the mall, her main domain, and as she says her 
college major is going to be mall stuff. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, oh, let's get him to the Spencers where he'll blend in. So they drag him into the Spencers. Ow. And uh, fucking Spencers gifts. (laughs) Oh, right in the 90s. Oh, jeez. He will fit in. Yeah. Oh, God. I wonder if Spencer's Um, is still around, actually. I think it is. I think there's... I think the last time I went to a mall, which might have been more than a year ago, I did see one. Okay. They might not be. It's been so long. For me, it was right across from, like, the Hot Topic, so the two are intertwined. (laughs) Same same kind of demographic there. Yeah. It was, like, really good planning on the mall's part. They're, like... Oh, God. It's, like, um, the... The FYE Spencer's Gifts Fuck and yeah. Hot Topic were in a triangle. Oh my god, FYE. Ugh. Right? <laughs> or like a Suncoast? Did you ever Yeah, Yes, that was there too. Fuck but yeah. that was further down. Ugh. That was by the candy store. Ugh. And the Jamba Juice. I'm going to go to a mall when I when I go home next week. So I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm just going to go into Spencer's Gifts and be like, I'm here. Oh, the other thing you have to do is you have to get us a video of you going to a Cinnabon. <gasps> yes! And post it to the Facebook group. Heck yeah! <laughs> Perfect. Oh, man. It smells so good. It does. I don't... I, I'm trying to remember the last time I had one. I know I texted you when it happened. <laughs> Anyways, this is very far off topic. Anyway... Yeah. <laughs> They're trying to get Eric into a display of Star Wars characters. Um, And then immediately some kid comes by and is like, wow, that's super cool. How much is it? And Rachel, like, grabs a price tag off of a rubber cockroach and it's $5. So she just writes some more zeros on there and sticks it on Eric. And she's like, $5,000. And then the kid was like, for a robot that doesn't even work? And then he leaves and Eric is like, my real value is actually in the billions. But they're like, (laughs) yeah, whatever, Eric. Um, So anyways, Rachel's like, I'm going to go get help. And then she tells Cassie to guard Eric. And then she says, if anyone comes for him, save yourself first. Which is like an interesting thing to say. Yeah. (laughs) Like... Not her normal kind of goodbye. <laughs> oh my um, god. And she fucking says, like, don't worry, my friend, we'll get you out of here. Like, what is tone? Oh, the dialogue is so bland in this book. I'm like, are you axe now? Like, what is the who said this? I know. Like, okay. Oh. I get the distinct impression that this ghostwriter, like, had read an actual decent amount of Animorphs and, like, kind of understood. Yeah. But they're just, like, not good at dialogue. Yeah. So. Yeah. Or, like, Catherine gave, like, very detailed notes this time. Like, you know the first time that, like, you get a new babysitter and they fuck up everything, so you write, like, very detailed mm-hmm. notes next time? Yeah. Like, that that could have been what happened. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just I'm just spitballing here. <laughs> but, my uh, but my next note is, is uh, much like Eric, the solid structure of the outline of the story is underneath, but the flickering of, who, of whoever did the actual <laughs> writing is very distracting. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. Oh, no. I- that's again, the not trying to dis- review. Yeah, not trying to disparage the ghostwriter again, but like, I have notes. <laughs> yeah, no, I like, 
I'm not going to lie. I thought that this ghostwriter actually did a, a very good job. Yeah. So yeah. that's, I don't, I don't know if that's the hot take for this episode, but I thought they did a very good job. I yeah. just think the dialogue like didn't land correctly a lot of the time. Sure. But yeah, but the, as you said, the story was, was very much there. Um, yeah. And some of the banter, like I, like, the kind of challenging banter where they're like going back and forth with each other, like snippily, but like in a funny way. I think a lot of that was pretty good. Yeah. And there's only a couple places where the dialogue felt really off to me. Like it stood out in so far as it took me out of the story. And this is one Mm -hmm. of those moments, but like for the most part, the book read pretty seamless for me. So these are just little, these are just notes. (laughs) Yeah. These are just little, issues that i have but it's fine it's fine it's all fine everything's fine um everything's fine rachel makes it to the payphone and calls jake (laughs) tom answers the phone which sends fear coursing through her body but she then just asks for jake like a normal person and she is able to convey their issue to him relatively smoothly by just immediately being like where the fuck are you (laughs) 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 which cracked me up because that was that was actually pretty good she's like we said we were going to meet in front of Spencer's and you're not here. And Jake like paused and he's like, sorry, I was shooting hoops with Marco and, you know, <laughs> got distracted. And she's like, well, that's good. Bring him too, because we have a very heavy package, <laughs> 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 which made me laugh because I'm a 12 year old boy at heart. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. Very so good. the next thing that happens is a series of, I don't want to say unfortunate events, but <laughs> it's a series of events to be sure. Oof. Take notes, people. Rachel goes shopping for a disguise for Eric. With credit Note, cards. With credit cards. She burns through credit cards, she said. I, I think she said she gave them a workout. Dear God. But one of the things she bought for this disguise was like designer underwear, <laughs> like men's boxers, boys' boxers. I don't know. But it was like Tommy Hilfiger or something. Like, very expensive. (sighs) So she, like, takes this back and finds Cassie trying to pass off Eric as some sort of kitchen appliance. And she's, like, just, like, reaching for anything. Like, it slices. It dices. Like, stop (laughs) asking me. It makes Julian fries. It makes, yeah, (laughs) Julianne's fries. Oh my goddamn (laughs) That was a great joke. Yeah, she said Julianne's fries. And the woman goes, don't you mean Julianne fries? And Cassie goes, whoever's fries. (laughs) Boys 11 men. Nice as neat. (laughs) Her lying comes back in full force here, and it is very good. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but Rachel, like, quickly takes over because somebody asks, like, when can we buy this? And Rachel, like, just walks through the crowd, like, it will not be available for at least six months. And everybody's like, aw, and walks away. Um, so then she, like, busts out the disguise. Cassie makes fun of her for the underwear. Shortly thereafter, Jake and Marco show up. Marco is in a gorilla morph, but he's wearing a sandwich board that says King Kong versus Godzilla. Fucking hell. (laughs) What even? (laughs) This whole scene was so good. And then, like, this part also, like, had me laughing. Rachel's, like, something like, oh, no, that lava lamp, it... It fell and hit your head. And the sales guy just looks at her like, what? And she's looking at Marco like, hello. And then she repeats like, 
oh no the lava lamp hit your head <laughs> and like marco just knocks the dude unconscious oh god <laughs> it's like that scene in emperor's new groove when he's, oh, he's must trying to I get croc to that. knock the emperor out <laughs> yeah <laughs> more broccoli <laughs> it was exactly like that <laughs> Um, yeah, so then they start dressing Eric, and everybody starts mocking her for buying this designer underwear, (laughs) which is so good. (laughs) Oh, God. She doesn't go halfway, guys. If she's buying an outfit, she's buying the whole outfit. (laughs) Oh, no. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry, there's no Walmart at the mall. It's like, yeah, but there's gotta be, like, a Kohl's or a JCPenney's or something, dude. Come on. Yeah. The, well, the other thing to note about this scene is she's like, I guessed every size perfectly. I am the goddess of the mall. <laughs> <laughs> like, she embodied a spirit of the goddess of the mall. <laughs> yeah, it, it was... She could have just not bought the underwear. Yeah. But whatever. I mean, But then we wouldn't be able to make all these great jokes at her expense. I know, right? We wouldn't get to mock her repeatedly for buying designer <laughs> underwear. Uh, but yeah, so Marco picks up Eric and gets them out of there somewhat unnoticed. And they they, they, they have a fight about masks, too. Oh, that's right. I forgot. He, he had to wear a mask, too. And there was... It was Bill Clinton... Bill Clinton, Newt Gingrich, or one of the Teletubbies. Yeah. And then there was, like, three pages on what Teletubby is what. Yeah, I bypassed that because I did not give a shit. <laughs> the most useless conversation. I mean, it was funny, but, like, not... It was useless. And, like, we just... All we find out is that Marco doesn't know anything about the Teletubbies except for their names, and Cassie knows a lot about the Teletubbies. The only thing I gleaned ever from the Teletubbies was that big, like, deal about how Tinky Winky was gay back in the 90s. Because of the inverse triangle on its head. Oh, right. People cared about that shit. I know, exactly. I'm like, (laughs) is this trying to reference that kind of? I don't know. Like, I... Whatever. Anyway. I just don't get why people put energy and time into this sort of thing. I don't. I don't. I say as someone reading Animorphs in the late teen 2000s i don't understand why people put time and effort into (laughs) dissecting things (laughs) Uh, anyways um they get onto a bus i guess and just ride the bus to eric's house with eric and marco as a gorilla and like it's all fine Um, which they do notice like it's not like a plot hole per se so uh, it felt like a cop out. Did they mention that Eric was like a hundred pounds? Or yeah, that's why Marco had to carry him, right? But I I feel like they should have used the man morph that they got during the David arc, and had Marco do that instead of the gorilla. Because like, but like, could a man carry an android? If if he's only a hundred pounds, yeah. I thought they said, like, hundreds, like a bag of wet cement. Well, then how did Cassie and Rachel get him into the Spencers? Because I thought they kind of, like, shuffled him in there, unless he was, like, still moving. Yeah, he was still, like, walking at that time. Okay. Just super slow. I thought I I saw something about 100 pounds specifically. Anyway, it doesn't matter. 
I th- I thought I from what I gleaned from reading, I thought he was like too heavy for a man to really carry, but Okay. I don't know. Like a hundred pounds would be a lot for a man to carry, but I don't know. Yeah. Dunno. Yeah. I don't know. Marco just stayed as a gorilla. That's all we need to know. <laughs> I'm just sitting here like, this is a really bad plan. <laughs> this whole, well, okay, that like becomes part of the plot though, right? Like yeah. this whole opening, you're like, wow, this is like whoever wrote this. There is a lot of plot holes. But then it becomes part of the plot and you're like, yeah. wait, this is crazy. But yeah. not for a little bit. Um, right now, they're all just very concerned about why, like, nobody has noticed this scene that is happening. <laughs> and they're I'm like, also wondering this. Right. And they're like, this is really weird. And then they also are like, there was a bunch of electricians around the mall saying the cameras and things were out. Like, somebody overheard this. And they're like, whoa, that's crazy. Um, Someone and then was Marco's planning like, a heist. Right. <laughs> it was Ocean's 10. <laughs> <laughs> yes i say not knowing how many numbers of oceans there are yeah, i know ten, there's 11 works yeah so anyways now that we've spun this fan fiction Ooh. um yeah marco just tells him to hurry up before he's eating banana and walking on his knuckles forever and rachel goes oh so no change then but then Sick. she immediately regrets that because she's like oh no tobias Ugh. oh no that also felt weird to me yeah, it felt super weird because that is absolutely something she would say and not at all something Tobias would care about. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Gotta um, turn up the angst in, in this book. Yeah, it really felt like now that Cassie and Jake have kissed, mm-hmm. there's like some severe relationship expectations that are kind of like wearing yeah. a little weird. Yeah. yeah, like there's added pressure. Yeah, and I don't know if it's like in book life or just in author life like real life right i mean animorphs is real life what am i saying (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it i don't know there's like an added pressure to the relationship that just like i i could almost see it coming from the last book because of what Uh happened i don't know yeah like jake and cassie finally kissed what's our excuse yeah. yeah exactly and especially now that that came to the forefront because it was such a big plot in the last book mm-hmm. like i could see rachel being like putting extra thought into it now because of what is happening there yeah so maybe i'll give it a, a good maybe uh yeah so anyways they make it to eric's house which is grand isn't it because eric lives in the weird dog house um <laughs> <laughs> They make it into his house, and Eric's dad, in quotations, is sitting on the couch eating a pretzel rod, except there's no hologram. Everything is broken. And <laughs> he, like, they walk in, and, and he's literally like, here's what's broken. Our network is down. Our holograms are broken. None of us can walk. And everything sucks. And also, this has to be done by 10 or 8 p.m. tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just lay out the entire criteria for you right now <laughs> literally he's like here's the plot of the book yeah right <laughs> um but the the whole eight at night thing okay so there's two things that are like driving the the plots of this book one is that there's a chi that works at a power plant who managed to hide himself in a closet before he went fully offline and he's safe until the night shift change which happens at 8 p.m 
Then there's a chi named Lords who every time I read this, I was like, it will never be wrong. Oh my God, me too. I was like, okay, yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) So Lords is playing a homeless woman who is now stuck below a staircase in a warehouse that's a flop house that's about to be raided by police. And one of those cops is a controller and they have 20 minutes to rescue her. Jeez. 20 minutes. This is like our most dire timeline yet. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, the Chi have internet, their own internet. Yeah, the Chi net. They do have the Chi net, which seems to be somewhat operational, even though part of it's down. (laughs) Because that's how the internet works. (laughs) I mean, I don't know how the Chi net works. Uh, So, um, yeah. Anyways, Tobias took off to get Axe, and everybody else heads over to Lords, (laughs) because they'll never be royals. (laughs) And they're... (laughs) I know, every time. They're flying as fast as they possibly can to get to her, but they aren't sure it's fast enough. They do finally make it to the sketchy part of town, and they're like, even the weather feels shadier here. Um, And they hit the ground, and they start immediately going to Battlemorse, which the exception of Jake and Rachel switch their Battlemorse for this one. Jake goes to Rhino, and Rachel goes Elephant. Mm -hmm. So, no Grizzly this time. Um, But right as they're finishing their battle morphs, they hear car doors slamming everywhere. The raid has started. And Jake tells Marco, your only job is to get lords. Everybody else cover him. And they take off into the warehouse that I still love that someone described it as a flop house. And it makes me laugh every time. Um So they all bust in, and there's even more chaos and confusion because there's police trying to raid this place. And, like, there's, like, weird, you know... Like heroin Not addicts. so healthy looking people. Yeah. There. Yeah. I, I, yeah like immediately I was looking like, people. Because they didn't say what it was at first. They just said it was a warehouse where like some dude is storing a bunch of weapons. But like as soon as yeah. they came in and they, and you know, there's like mattresses on the ground. I was like, oh, drugs in my kid's book. Okay. <laughs> drugs in my kid's book? Like, <laughs> yeah. This is a little harsh for a kid's book. Oh, wait, it's Animorphs. Just kidding. It's fine. <laughs> right. Well, here, okay, so this is even worse, right? So, um, like, they're causing chaos while the police are shooting everybody up. Cassie immediately gets shot and is, like, yelping, screaming as a wolf. Um, and after a moment, she reports back, like, hey, I'm under the stairs with lords, but, um, you know, my, my back legs aren't working. So Rachel goes to exact revenge on the idiot that shot Cassie, and she finds him, but she kind of is falling through the floor and is kind of, like, trying to swim her way through the breaking boards to get to him. Um, Everybody's kind of trapped and everything. And when Rachel gets to this guy, he's just this skinny guy with a sunken-in face that, like, looks really messed up. So, like, you know he's, like... Play at least playing some sort of addict because then he calls her an andalite and shoots her right like in the forehead. So is he really an addict? Is he playing an addict because of the yerk? I don't know. I was wondering that too. And like, was he a like if he is a real addict? Was he an mm-hmm. addict before he became a controller? Like, how did that play out? You know, how did how do drugs yeah. interact with Yerks in the brain parts? Yeah, and like we know that they don't go for that sort of person. Like they want like people that are like healthy, like, you know, bodies that are like, you know, in the prime of their life. Mm-hmm. So I like I don't know. Was he like 
an addict, but he was like kind of under the cover and they infested him and then he just came entirely to his addiction. Is he an oatmeal addict who became Is a it... different <gasps> drug addict? Oh, he told that would be an amazing story arc for this character that we <laughs> know nothing about. <laughs> oh no. Like yeah. like maybe he he was a regular non-addict and then he did the oatmeal thing and then the yerk went crazy and then he's like well i'm never gonna get this yerk out of my head let's go do drugs i don't know yeah and then maybe but maybe he's still a both addict because maybe like to keep the yerk from like screaming and going mental in his head he just keeps feeding him like the instant maple ginger oatmeal but he's also doing heroin on the side so they have to go score from like costco and then <laughs> also the dealer you can get everything <laughs> at costco even heroin <laughs> My heroin dealer deals outside of Costco, and the oatmeal's right in aisle five, oh, so <laughs> twofer. Woo. Oh, man. Okay, well, that's what I want to believe about this guy. Okay. We solved it. We solved it. Um, and Jake is trapped by the cop cars. Cassie is paralyzed. Marco says he's having issues. Rachel just got shot in the face. Um, and in her pain, she literally just took her trunk and smashed him through the side of the building. That turned out to be the guy that the cops were looking for. So they're like, ignore the circus. Let's get this guy and get the fuck out of here. And then because it's Animorphs, they also announce everything they just did. They're like, we already called like Animal Control yeah. <laughs> and the head vet at the gardens who is on her way here right now with a tranquilizer gun. And we're like, wow, man, that's a lot of dialogue to have for <laughs> yeah. no reason. <laughs> Also, we learned that Cassie's mom is very good with a tranquilizer gun, which is yes. slightly upsetting to me. Really? I love that. <laughs> I was like, you go, girl. She's like, such a badass mom. She, I just imagine her like, you know, she's Cassie's like sweet, adorable mom who believes like boys 11 men are a thing <laughs> and like nice is meat. And then she busts out this fucking tranquilizer gun to take out an elephant. Oh, and isn't a, no. she's just an amazing shot. She's... She is a beautiful, strong, independent woman, and I love her. <laughs> oh, she's so good. My secret crush is Cassie's mom. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, so anyways, Cassie's mom is on the way. <laughs> um, Tobias then shows up and says, like, hey, I have Axe in tow. And Rachel's like, oh, great. The only good news we've had in the past many hours. Um, Rachel then calls to Marco, who's apparently having a little bit of a cop issue where they have guns trained on him. Um, and he's like, I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> and Rachel just opens up the closet door to reveal Cassie, who is very injured and also Lord's. Um, Marco does eventually show up to grab him, but so does a cop. The cop then calls them Andalites, so we found the controller cop, and he just open fires on them and, like, just ravages Marco and Cassie. Like, he hits Rachel. Like, he, he, he fucks up Rachel's face, but he really messes up Marco and Cassie, and, like, they both go tumbling down into the basement of this warehouse that Rachel has made a hole for and uh rachel thinks they're both dead like they are in a pool of spreading blood on the floor it's really not good um and that sends rachel into a rage and she's about to go and get the cop she literally takes lords in her trunk and is about to use this peaceful beautiful android creature to bludgeon a cop to death <laughs> 
laugh because that's very dark, but holy shit. <laughs> I was I was laughing, but she is interrupted and stopped because Axe comes darting between her legs as a skunk and lets loose on the cop. Oh my God. <laughs> so Rachel's like, punishment enough, I guess. Death or skunk. Those are your oh, options. No. Um she does end up giving the guy a little tap on the head with the chi, and the guy <laughs> just goes, like, sprawling onto the floor. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, not good. Uh, Marco, at that point, does start talking to her, and she is amazed that he's alive because, the like, there's a lot of injury happening. And she says to Marco, can you hang on to my back if, like, we're going to get out of here? And Marco's like, can King Kong climb the something something building in New York? The Empire State Building? Thank you. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're welcome. And then she's like, <laughs> thank you for reminding me. Thanks, Alex. You're welcome, Alex. <laughs> you know, <laughs> sometimes. Uh, it's okay. Uh, it's all fine. I just, I can't logic right now. Yeah. Can you believe what's happening here? Ooh. Oh, so anyways, um, she throws Marco up onto her back and then hands him Cassie. And then they take off and Marco says, to the nearest circus. <laughs> and I started dying. I was like, that's a good joke. Um, yeah, Rachel is bleeding profusely. And now the vet and the animal control and Cassie's mom is also there. And so they're like, we're just going to have to, like, make a run for it. And Lords does know, like, a few places that they can run to that are nearby. There's, like, a loading dock that's off one way and a junkyard that's off another way. And Lords is like, if you can get me to the junkyard, I can hide there and, like, we can reconvene later. I should be safe there. So they're like, okay, great. That's the plan. They go smashing through a wall, making a run for it. Tobias is trying to get in the way of Cassie's mom shooting the dart gun so that nobody gets hit. Um, And as they, like, take off and go moving down the block, Marco starts going, like, hey, I'm not actually doing as well as I thought I was. And, like, we really need to get somewhere fast. And so they go running off one way. Jake, who is half blind, goes running off towards the loading dock with Tobias leading him because he can't see shit. And he, I think he was also blinded partially. I mean. I don't know if he was His eyes aren't blind. great to He's, begin with. Yeah. He can't see, basically, is what's happening. Yes. Um, and then Rachel makes it to this junkyard, and right as she gets to the gate, she kind of smashes through the gate, and then her legs get really shaky, and she collapses, sending everybody tumbling off of her back. But not before uh, she picked up Axe like a flamethrower, and he sprayed oh, right. a bunch of people, <laughs> which is like my she new did. favorite image. She did. She like used him like a, a weapon of... I don't know, mass destruction. Yeah. She literally wielded him like... <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, oh, my geez. God. It just, so it just reminds me of the time that Marco had him as a as a rattlesnake and was swinging him around. I'm like, Axe is literally <laughs> a weapon. In more ways than one. Yeah, it's Axe is so good at this stuff. I love, I love it. My good boy. <laughs> He's so he versatile. He would be like... He's so versatile. He's... He's just so good. I love him. I liked him a lot in this book, too. I did. Since we're talking about Axe. Yes. Yeah, he was written well. Um, yes. So, anyways, Rachel was able to demorph. The kids make it out. There's not much detail here. We literally just kind of 
skip over to the next part of the book. <laughs> They're like, eh, we don't know how to make this transition and jump cut. <laughs> and uh, so they meet up in Tobias's meadow since Cassie's barn is out for some reason. I don't know. Her mom's still wielding the gun or something. And they're trying to figure out the next part of their mission. They have to dive to crazy depths in the ocean. And Rachel is freaking out because she apparently has a phobia we've never heard about before about being crushed to death by the ocean. So, so I've wa- I had wondered in the mole book if she was claustrophobic. Yeah. But... The her her whole fear of the ocean, which is very like an overarching thing in this book, I didn't really yeah. expect that from her. I expected it more from Cassie, who in mm-hmm. the dolphin book, the first dolphin book, book four, I think, said that like the yeah. ocean scared her and she didn't understand the ocean, she understood the land. So I thought this was a little out yeah. of nowhere. It it yeah, it definitely felt a little out of nowhere. And like we definitely expected it from Tobias, who mm-hmm. like is very well known that he has this fear. And like as you said, Cassie, for her, like we've never really seen this before. Yeah. So Like the the claustrophobia was... was the only thing I could kind of grasp onto. But Yeah. Like if she had have said it was just of like the deep ocean, but she was totally fine, like it at every other point, I'd be like okay Mm -hmm. i kind of get it but you know yeah 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 and she like it really is like a big deal like it this is a lot of her inner turmoil in this book is about being crushed to death and like a lot of the imagery when she's in the ocean is like as we got down here i could just imagine my like head popping like a grape and blah 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 and it's like well okay I mean, I guess um, it's because like she can't fight the ocean. It's not like a like an enemy. It's just this big like force that can easily kill you and it doesn't yeah. care. It has no motivation for killing you. It just does. Like, I don't know. Maybe. That's true. And she does say like there's one point where she's like you can't bargain with the ocean. You can't yeah. plead with the ocean. Like it just is a force that does not care. <laughs> the ocean and I are getting married. <laughs> the ocean says yes. <laughs> Sorry, that's an obscure uh, reference. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, Jake is mad that she is afraid of the ocean for reasons unknown. That was um, weird. It was. And like her best guess. Okay, so I liked her reasoning because right after this, she goes, I think Jake is mad because I'm not playing my part right now of being the crazy, unstoppable warrior that just says, let's do it. Like mm-hmm. she kind of had this moment where it's almost like she was saying like, oh, God, and we could be like killed and blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, oh, oh sorry, like not my job. OK. <laughs> like, yeah. um, And then like Jake kind of half guesses like what she's feeling and he tries to like say hey like you just you said it badly but like we just got to find the right morph for this um so it it felt like that relationship like it was that the relationship that they've established was there but the way it was described just felt wrong Mm -hmm. like i just didn't i don't know it wasn't like the right note yeah that's a weird thing to say. Like, how do you critique something like that? That doesn't make that's <laughs> unhelpful. That's so unhelpful. Like, it doesn't mean anything. But like, I don't know how else to describe it either. Yeah, no, I I, I get it. It was I, I it could have been handled better. I think. 
Yeah, it definitely could have been. Oh, well. <laughs> I guess. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. Um, 20 years too late to give that note. <laughs> Not that we had any bearing back in the day when we were, you know, eight or whatever. <laughs> no one asked my opinion. <laughs> I didn't work at Scholastic. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a child, I did not work there. Uh, I don't work there now either. Yeah, that's if true. anyone was wondering. Yeah, we have absolutely no authority so. even now. <laughs> <laughs> what are we even doing here? I don't know. What is the point of all this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this is it. We made it twenty-seven <laughs> books in, thirty-two episodes, and now we're finally like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Damn it, Matt. You win, Matt. Oh, no. Please, no. This podcast gives me life right now. (laughs) We're never going to stop. Never. You can't stop us from giving our shitty opinions about (laughs) books that we love. Oh, no. Meltdown. Oh, jeez. Anyways, um, speaking of shitty opinions that are unhelpful, Tobias says they should get a diving bell. Because it's the 30s now. <laughs> oh. Oh. They have like a fucking comes... argument about 10,000 leagues under the sea or this whatever. Is the, this is the best part. This is the best part of the book. Like, I don't know why I loved this conversation so much, but it's everybody ganging up on Cassie. And I was here for it. Oh, like, no. <laughs> not, not like in a really mean way. No, I know. But I think that's why I loved it. But... um. <laughs> So Marco makes some joke about, like, voyage to the bottom of the sea. And Cassie's like, I know. I know what we need. I have a plan. And Marco's like, so is it journey or is it voyage? And Jake goes, no, it's definitely voyage. And Cassie's like, I have an idea. Calamari. And Rachel's like, ew, snails. And Cassie's like, no, wait. And Axe is like, I do not want to morph to a snail because I had a snaxident with one recently. <laughs> <laughs> and Marco's like, I'm pretty sure it's Voyage. And Cassie's like, ah, uh, ah. And then, like, she's like, wait, no, escargot is snail. And Tobias is like, can we all just please use English words when we're trying to talk about this mission? And then Cassie's like, squid! It's squid! <laughs> she just fucking screams at them. <laughs> She, like, literally, like, they said the birds all went quiet because she screamed so loud. And then Tobias' answer to this is, Calamari is octopus, not squid. (laughs) Madness. And then Marco's like, no, it's 2,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Voyage is a TV show. And then Rachel and Marco are like, does it come on Nick at night? Or is it like CBS oh my God. or something? <laughs> and like, at this point, somebody's like, no wonder. Like, I thought that she were supposed to be smart. Why did they put any faith that we would solve this when we're just here debating what channel this fucking TV show comes <laughs> on? <laughs> oh. Chaos. It was so good. I was like crying laughing. It was so funny. But especially Axe and his poor little, like, <laughs> the the protein was pretty good. But when I got to the shell and they're like, say no more, Axe. Aww. No more of the snail talk. <laughs> I wonder if he would try to eat snails as a human or if he would be too turned off by it. I feel like, oh, okay. Well, 
I was going to say, I feel like he would because he eats everything, but then it does kind of look yerkish, which Ooh. would definitely put mm. me off. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't know. I enjoyed that. That is though. funny, though. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy this conversation a lot. Um, I especially like when Cassie came up with this brilliant idea and Tobias was just like, actually, it's octopus, <laughs> not squid. <laughs> Thanks, Tobias. He's so helpful. <laughs> and then just Marco and Rachel going on like, Nick at night? Oh no, God. that can't be right. Jesus. I feel like Jake should have probably reined it in. But like, I think Jake was just like, what is happening? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, then we kind of get back to like, how do we get a squid morph? And they're like, we catch it with a whale. And then, like, where do we get a whale? And all of the kids were like, we have eight hours to do this. This is impossible. Let's go home. <laughs> and they're like, okay. And literally, they all just go home. <laughs> um, although Marco and Jake do go to Eric's house to tell them that they were quitting the mission. So <laughs> they didn't immediately go home. Yikes. Um So Rachel got back to her house. And apparently on her way there, there was, like weird whispers around the neighborhoods of people talking about gorillas kidnapping children and other weird shit um and she like she was like even though i knew what that was from it kind of creeped me out that everybody was being so weird so she like runs back to her house she like gets in and is like mom i'm home and uh finds her mom there with half the table covered in legal papers and the other half with dinner and jordan and sarah are sitting watching the news because they want to see the gorilla <laughs> and they were so excited. Um, there's a minor scuffle between Sarah and Jordan where Sarah, the the younger one, I believe, mm-hmm. wants to enforce there's no TV time at dinner. And Rachel's mom was like, I literally do not give a shit. Like, <laughs> lawyer of the like, year, everybody. <laughs> lawyer of the year for the firm, I guess. <laughs> no one knows. Um yeah, so she was like, literally, I don't give a shit if you watch the news. It's fine. Um, so then, like, they're, like, getting ready to see this gorilla. And then they're like, there's no footage because there's no cameras working in the mall. And all we have are eyewitness accounts. And then there was, like, another blurb that said something about, like, there's a zoo found in a flop house. And then, like, they interviewed the cops. And the cops are like, what are you talking about? There are no animals here. And they're like, okay. So then they follow up this with a third story where they're like, there's a beached whale, something that hasn't ever happened here, ever. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) Rachel's like, I guess something really wants us to go on this mission. And she gets really suspicious. And then she gets really angry because she's like, nobody puts baby in a corner. (laughs) And that's like... <laughs> That's literally what happens. And then she calls Cassie to tell her that there's this beach whale, and she's like, "Too bad we can't do anything about the whale because you gotta learn how to do a cartwheel tonight." <laughs> uh. Great, I just snorted on the live podcast. We did you say on live podcast? Yes, which is wrong. We edit this. I know. It doesn't sound like we do because we say such stupid shit sometimes, mostly me. Oh, no. But <laughs> we do edit this. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm keeping it in there just to spite everybody, though. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. You tell them. Oof. Uh, nobody puts Casey in a corner either. It's true. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, da, 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 Rachel heads out. She morphs to Eagle and she goes to find everyone. Um, they. She first goes to Eric's house. She finds Jake and Marco. She tells them what's going on. And um, Jake just splits off and heads for home, so he has to stop by home first for some reason. Uh, she finds everybody else one by one. Marco morphs behind a shed, follows her. They find Cassie, who's sitting in a, like, cherry tree. I don't know why they named what type of tree it was, but whatever. Oh. Especially such a weird tree. That is really like, They're, weird. like, in an oak. Yeah, right? And cherry cheese trees are... I'm not going to talk about cherry trees. I don't know as much as I think I know. (laughs) So before I say something wrong, I'm just going to move on. Um, Jake was about 20 minutes late showing up, and he goes, So this is super interesting. The sharing is sending over members to help the beached whale. So this place is going to be full of controllers. And they're like, something or someone is screwing with us, and we hate it. So... Kids fly out to the beach. They survey the scene. The whale is enormous, much bigger than they imagined. So they have to find a place to demorph and discuss the plan of what the fuck they're going to do. Um, yeah. And they're like, it could be a trap. And then they're like, no, it's definitely probably a trap. But like, <laughs> we're going to do it anyways. Um, they decide that only two of them are going to be required to morph whale to go down and get the squid. So they draw straws for it. And as Axe says, the human scientific method. He's <laughs> <It's> very good. <laughs> Which, it was so good. Um, so Rachel's like, of course, like, I want to do it. And Tobias like comes floating back in. He's like, you know what? I'm going to volunteer for this mission, too. And so he and Rachel have this moment of, like, Rachel is glaring at him. And she's clearly like, don't do this. And he just literally thought speaks back to her. No. (laughs) And so she continues to glare at him even harder. And he realizes that she is looking for him to tell her where the shortest straw is. So he tells her she grabs the shortest straw. Then Tobias grabs the next shortest straw. And so those are the two that are going. Cassie is like, all right, let's go help the whale. So, like, Rachel turns to go off with Cassie to go help the whale. And Jake grabs her by the arm, pulls her aside. And he's like, if you ever pull that fucking bullshit again, like, just think about what you're doing to Tobias. This is on your shoulders. And she was like, no. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. What? the fuck (laughs) was this fucking scene because this is i don't know i got so fucking mad at this entire fucking scene because it's like okay first of all you have you have the kids deciding who's gonna go you literally have two volunteers up front and then jake goes well i guess we're drawing straws so yeah first of all why when you had two volunteers second of all why is he so mad at her it's like, you knew she volunteered. You knew that she was going to because it's Rachel. And why are you getting pissed about the fact that Tobias also volunteered? Like, first of all, why are you so protective of Tobias? Like, he has less hands-on experience than the rest of the team, but he's not a fucking baby and he doesn't want to be treated like one. Because he was the one that Jake couldn't know, save from his but, own destiny. I know, but like, he's... he's <laughs> don't... No, I know, like... 
And Tobias volunteers. He wants to go with Rachel. I mean, I know that everybody knows that the ocean is like Tobias is like one of his biggest fears. So that this would be like he's the worst candidate for the mission just because he's so scared. But like, if that's the case, then why wouldn't Jake just say like, no, I want so-and-so to go with her. Yeah. It's like you could have called the shot just then. And... And it's like, why did- He literally didn't have to ask. He could have said, Rachel and Cassie, go. Or Rachel and Marco, go. Yeah. Or me and Rachel, were go. Like... And it's like... Or Axe. Yeah. Who who probably would have been, you know, there to keep track of time, which would have been really helpful. And like... Uh, yeah. And who lived under the ocean in a fucking dome ship for months on end. Or weeks. I don't know. Yeah. Like... And it's like, like logistically, the fact that Tobias is a hawk has to fly in on top of the whale and acquire it, which is going to be super fucking yeah. conspicuous. Like, it should have just been like Rachel and Cassie. Like, yeah, Jesus. it should have been. Who are like both like the most obvious choices to go walk up and help this whale. Right. Like, if Cassie was, in fact, in the next chapter when Rachel acquires the whale, she walks away and Cassie stays and continues to help the whale. Like, everybody expects Cassie to be there with the fucking whale. For fucking sure. And like, I, like, ah, I'm just so mad. I was so mad that Jake was mad because, uh, I don't know. It didn't make sense to me. And then when Jake yells at Rachel about this, I feel like I expected Rachel to like strike back at him and say like, hey, I didn't plan this. I didn't want him to go either and try to like defend herself. But she didn't. She was just kind of like, oh, he yelled at me. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Or even worse, like, oh no, Tobias's fears will be on my shoulders. Which it's not because Tobias put himself in that situation. Yeah. She drew the shortest straw because she knew she wanted to go. Tobias is the one. Like, yeah, I get that Jake has figured out, like, this series of events. And of course, Tobias wouldn't go if it wasn't Rachel. And, like, you know, he knows that Tobias is the worst person for this. But for whatever reason, like, Tobias can make his own fucking choices. Yeah, Jake should have said, no, I don't want you to go because A, B, and C. But he... Because you're a bird and it's impossible for you to morph on the... Yeah. It's not even a bad excuse. It's a legitimate excuse. Yeah. And, and like, he let Tobias participate in, in, the draw, in the drawing straws thing. And even if they hadn't cheated, there was still a chance that Tobias was going to go anyway. Because of a very good yeah, chance, like uh, a one in three chance. I, just, I got it didn't make sense to me, and I got really mad. <laughs> that's <sighs> that's where I have a page and a half of notes of just me yelling. <laughs> oh no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and then to make matters uh, worse, Cassie says, "Ready to go, Rach." I'm like, "Oh, who? Oh, that doesn't sit right." Yeah, I was like, "No one's ever called her Rach. That's so weird." Anyway. That sounds like something that she'd be like, you call me that again and I'll take your head off your shoulders. (laughs) Gross. (laughs) It's like, it's like our friend Vince Ent. (laughs) Vince Ent. If you ever called him Vince, he'd be like, Ent. (laughs) And it cracked me up every time. God. I still call him Vincent now, though. It worked. Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, I like that was a weird moment. And I think Jake was even more angry that like she made fools of them yeah but, like why make it a secret though i just don't get it and like that w- that didn't sit well with me because like it made him sound like he was mad that rachel made a fool out of him because she turned his what was supposed to be an impartial like you know fair thing into nothing 
But he wouldn't be mad yeah. about that necessarily, especially because she volunteered at the beginning. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Fuck it, it. None of it made sense. Fuck it. Like, I, he was just mad that she ruined his allegedly fair system. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Which, by the way, since he's the one holding the straws, like, doesn't he already know where the shorter ones are, and therefore he either is choosing to or to not go? Oh. I mean, I don't know. I've never drawn straws for anything, so I'm not an expert. Yeah. So let's get to the whale. This fucking sweet, sweet whale Aww. who we love. Um, so Rachel and Cassie join the line of people that are just splashing bucket after bucket of water on this poor dying whale. And um, at least some of these people are here to save the whale. So Rachel has this moment of like, sometimes people are okay. Um, and then a biologist stops them so he can draw some blood. And that's when like Cassie's like, all right, put your hand on him, acquire him. Like now's your chance. So she does. I did I did like there was a moment where Rachel kind of takes in the whale and she's like, I'm going to hurt whoever did this. And Cassie says, I'll help. I fucking loved yeah. that. I did love that so much. Oh, God. Anyway, yes. Acquire yeah. whale. Right. She acquires the whale. Um, at this point, uh, she, I think it's Axe says like, hey, somebody was by the spot where we were. So like we had to move. And then Jake and Marco are like, playing as children in the surf <laughs> we're children we're children <laughs> that's literally what it read as like they were playing the part of children in the surf like we giggling and flailing i just imagine them waving their arms and running in circles through the ocean waves i don't know why i don't know if that's how children play oh my god i was like compose yourself gentlemen <laughs> jesus nah <laughs> uh um so anyways, Rachel goes and, and sees them, and they're going to morph to Seagull, which actually, they do actually say compose yourself in the next scene where Rachel goes Seagull, and she starts going after some chips, and Marco's like, Rachel, compose yourself. <laughs> <laughs> which cracked Shut me up, up and she was like, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> Shut up, Marco. I just want barbecue chips. Fuck off. You don't know me. You don't know me. You don't know my life, Marco. <laughs> um... <laughs> Anyways, Cassie's still throwing some water on the whale. At this point, Rachel's like, hey, Tobias has been gone a while. Where did he go? And they go to find him, and he's stuck to the whale. God, Apparently, but... one of his talons got caught in a barnacle. He doesn't have good luck with these these aquatic he, babies. Because he got stuck he in the dolphin, stuck... too. Yeah, he's been stuck to, like, every aquatic creature he's had to acquire. Fucking told you, Jake. Jeez. <sighs> Jake, you picked the wrong man for this job. You done goofed, Jake. <laughs> you done goofed. You got you, you got done fucked up, <laughs> Jake. <laughs> Those are too many words strung together. Um, yeah. Anyways, Chapman notices the hawk, and of course, they they all know what a red tail means. Like it, he's like the harbinger, 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 harbinger yeah. the harbinger of the animals. Yeah. Um. God. So they're like. All right, everybody pretend we're territorial seagulls and swarm him and someone knock him loose. And Marco takes on his own personal mission to poop on Chapman's head. <laughs> he succeeds in his personal mission. <laughs> um, oh. Rachel is the one that goes barreling into Tobias and knocks him free. And kind of like right after she hit him and they were like bouncing off another direction, a rock whizzes behind them and Tom had thrown it and almost hit him. Fuck you, Tom. 
Yeah, fuck off, Tom. Nobody needs this shit, Tom. Um, yeah, and then Tobias is loose, and, like, everybody just kind of goes back to normal, and Tobias is like, are one or two of you gonna, like, chase me away, or, like, what are we doing here, guys? And they're like, oh, shit, yeah. So they, like, fake chase him out onto the water, and Tobias goes as far as he can, and then does the most badass fucking morph of all time, where he morphs from hawk to seagull midair without stopping. So cool. He's so cool. Like, fucking... Twice is too cool for us. Um, and this is the point where Rachel starts, like, thinking about how the ocean is a force unto itself that can't be bartered with, that can't be bargained with, and there's nothing they can do other than to be careful and blah, blah, blah. Like, she is monologuing about this shit for so long. And then Tobias is like, hey, Rachel. And she's like, huh, what? What the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> she just fuck? gets really weirdly startled. What the fuck? fuck Tobias and he's like I just want to know how you were doing and then she's like I can't believe I'm dragging him into this I was supposed to like him yeah what the fuck <laughs> I, I forgot about that oh line my God. And doesn't she like doesn't she bring up TT again at some point in in all this I don't know oh I think that's at the end okay. the very end of the book I don't think or oh yeah they do have their moment when they're diving yeah, yeah, when yeah. they talk about okay. him but yeah yeah, not yet. Um, right now, it's just her being like, I dragged him into Thanks. this and it's all my fault. Yeah. It's like, Which is accurate for <laughs> children. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyways, they make it to some point that they arbitrarily decide is far enough. <laughs> and <laughs> they're like, now we morph. Um, they all land in the, in the ocean as seagulls and they're all like bobbing around and they're like, let's let Cassie go to dolphin first. And she does. And this time Rachel doesn't try to like rush along with her and like almost drown. So that's good. (laughs) She learned. X swims Um, in in his little animal form, which is so adorable. And like they said something like it's awkward to watch, but if it's anything like deer or horses, it's really not that awkward. I thought it was so cute. <laughs> uh, one day I want you to animate Axe swimming for okay. me. <laughs> Does he also use his arms as well as his legs? Hmm, I don't know because I don't know. Like, I imagined he'd be buoyant in like the 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 deer body part of him. So like maybe his uh. like human part torso would be above the water. That could would be. he use his tail as like a rudder? I don't know. Or would he keep it out of the water? Because maybe <laughs> see, the salt I imagine would him his... arching it. Up. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know why. That's just my maybe the salt would uh, dull his tail blade or something. I don't know. Aww. Anyway, it's adorable. <laughs> it is adorable. I just imagine him like swimming along now and then, just like patting the top of the water with his <laughs> too many fingered hands. Is he... <laughs> I don't know. Oh, why. God, that's so cute. Um, would he, would he be drinking the salt water in through his hooves or can he like close them up? I believe he can close them okay. up so he does not have to. Okay. Yeah. Otherwise he'd be very thirsty. Very he'd be quickly. like sucking fish into his feet. <laughs> oh. oh my God. I'm having too much fun with this anyway. <laughs> Cause it's great. It is great. Oh, Axe, you're so good. Um, yeah, anyways, they, they all go to Dolphin until only Tobias and Rachel are left. 
Um, and then Tobias goes and perches on Cassie's back for as long as he possibly can to go from seagull to hawk. And then the two of them start going to sperm whale morph, <laughs> which is an amazing the morph best sequence. morph. It is. Rachel just Rachel just becomes gigantic, like as completely as herself. She just starts becoming huge. I want to see you turn into a giant woman. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Um, and this is great. She has acres of hair that Jake got mad because Jake got caught in her hair. <laughs> and then Marco goes, your pores are the size of potholes. And then she starts to slowly sink and Axe goes, oh no, her density hasn't changed yet. Her dense tissue is what's causing her to sink. And Rachel's like, I don't have dense tissue. It's very like, are you calling me fat? It was. Oh it was God. so this good. Whole fucking sequence. <laughs> oh, oh God. And then the axe calling her fat, allegedly <laughs> calling her tissue dense, is what makes her like double down on the morph and like actually start going to whale. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. And uh, oh. so she does eventually make it to her whale morph. And then that's when Tobias is like, Rachel, I hope that's you. And she's like, I wasn't even trying to control the whale brain. This is crazy. And then the two of them go together and do a joyous leap out of the water. Whale date. Whale date. <laughs> now they go on whale dates. <laughs> it was pretty cute. Um, so yeah, then they just breathe in like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of air. Because they're going to dive like for the maximum amount of time that they can dive. Um so they breathe in everything and then they start off this dive and as they're going down there they're both like super tense because rachel has her newfound fear of the ocean and tobias has always feared the ocean why did think so allow this the two best people yeah! for the job Garbage. <laughs> whatever um and tobias is basically like so what's new and rachel's like a guy named T.T. asked me. It's <laughs> like literally the worst thing you could say right now. And when she said it, even she was like, this was the worst thing I could have said. <laughs> Rachel right Elizabeth, now. whatever your last name is, how could you? Uh, and then Tobias, in a very, very mature response yes. to this, goes, what does T.T. stand for? And then offers up terrible teen, total turmoil. <laughs> And Rachel's like, I don't care what it stands for because I'm not going. God, this whole fucking conversation. <laughs> and then, like, the two of them just are like, they're playing that stupid fucking game of, like, I don't care, you care, no, I don't care, you care. So, like, yeah. he's like, well, why aren't you going? And Rachel's like, well, do you want to know? No, I don't care. Well, then I'm not going to tell you if you don't care. God, like, you children. Such bullshit. And then Rachel goes... So how do we hunt squid? <laughs> like, Mid-conversation. Oh, it was like, no. They apparently didn't think this through. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Tobias says something about how he, when he was reading up on them, because they both read up on, on the whale. Um, apparently their echolocation can stun their prey for a short amount of time. And they were both like, whoa, really? That's cool. And I have no idea if this is true at all. Yeah, I don't either. Like, it doesn't sound true to me, but I, I've i been surprised before. <laughs> um, 
So they find like a smaller bunch of squid swimming nearby and they do try like firing echolocation at it. And apparently it works for a short amount of time. Um, so then they're like, all right, let's go for the real big guy. And they kind of split up, um, a short way to expand their range a little bit. And they go for as long as they can stand it. Finally, they're like, okay, we need air. And so they go to surface, but like they completely misjudged how deep they are. Like they, they were really, really far down. So they're like swimming and swimming and swimming and swimming and swimming and they are not getting to the surface. And like finally at the very end of like their oxygen supply, they crash through the surface like almost out of time. Um, they spend a minute there just like, you know, refilling on oxygen and like looking around and they are not seeing any of the other Animorphs. And they're like, well, that makes sense. Like, you know, traveling that far down, you can move really far, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And then they're like, so what do we do now? Do we like morph back to bird and find them? And um, they decide against that because apparently what that would mean is if they went back, they're like, we quit. And, uh, then Jake and Cassie or Marco, were going to have to go acquire the whale themselves and go do what they just did. So they're like, all right, let's just dive again. Let's just get this over with. So they do, they fill up with oxygen and they head down for dive two. They again split up to like look around and Tobias tells Rachel, don't go too far, but, uh, she does cause she's Rachel. Um, and they're echolocating around for a little while when Rachel sees a group of fish swimming in front of her and she's like, oh, but these fish are moving weird. So she turns and echolocates again, only to find a 60 foot long giant squid like rushing her. And she starts like screaming in thought speak like, Tobias! <laughs> and that is when the whale brain kind of takes over and gets ready to fight and kill. And Rachel's like, all right, let's like tap into this. And she fires off a burst of echolocation at the squid, which interrupts the charge, but it doesn't stop him. And then she starts like yelling for Tobias again. And then Tobias calls back from what seems like pretty far away that he's found the Pemolite ship. And Rachel goes, great, I have the squid. <laughs> This is the start of some insane battle where the squid just keeps rushing her and starts like wrapping around her whole body and she's trying to like bite it and echolocate to stun it and you know do whatever she can but she's saying the fight because of the squid having all the tentacles is like fighting a gymnast with like eight arms and you're like a linebacker and your only weapon is your mouth <laughs> which is really weird imagery. Uh, all right. <laughs> um that's a it's a description. Yeah, it's not, not a description I probably would have used as my first choice, but I, sure. It wasn't my number one choice, but <laughs> it, it was a choice that was made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, side note, um, I did try to just look up the stunning the, the squid thing, mm -hmm. and... Basically, there was a really long article that seemed promising, but it was too long. So I didn't read it. Oh, um, okay. Maybe later. Yes. Apparently, sperm whales uh, clicks can burst a human's eardrums, though. Cool. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a good way to go deaf. I guess. It just makes me think of that video with the divers that were hanging out with the sperm whales. And I'm like, I guess they could have died, even though whales are, you know not inherently aggressive towards humans. I mean, we could all die at any moment. That's very true. They could die just by going on a plane the following day. Who's to say? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, because of the the bends, not like you're going to crash on a plane. Though that is another option. Yeah, that's okay. Sorry. That's where I thought you were going. Sorry, but anyone with plane fears. <laughs> yeah, no, I was I was thinking of the bends. Sure. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah. Well, that was a depressing sidebar. <laughs> on that terrible bombshell. Uh, Let's get back to the on synopsis. That, <laughs> on that terrible bombshell, the squid was dragging Rachel too deep for even her whale body. Oh, no. <laughs> so she was living out her crushing fears. No. In both senses of the word. Um, and she was fighting and she was losing. Right around then, Tobias shows up and starts hammering the squid with echolocation and biting and blah, 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 until it releases Rachel. And that's when Rachel realizes she is, like, out of oxygen. She has wasted all of her energy fighting the squid. And um, she doesn't want to leave Tobias, but he is screaming at her to go. Like, she has to go. So she was swimming up and up and up because she has no other choice other than to try and get air. But, like, as she's getting up there, things are getting murky and confusing and, you know, can't tell up from down, blah, blah, blah. And that's when Cassie kind of starts, finds her and starts asking, like, Rachel, Rachel, is that you? You know, blah, blah, blah. And Rachel's, like, kind of responding. And Cassie's going, just keep swimming. The surface is only a few yards away. You're almost there. And Rachel does make it. Um, but she doesn't, like, burst out of the, the water like before. She just kind of floats up the last few, I don't know, meters probably to mm. the surface and slowly sucks in oxygen. And once she kind of starts to come to, she's like, oh my god, I just left Tobias down there with the squid. Oh my god. And so she goes, I have to go help Tobias. And Tobias just cheerfully drags a giant squid up and is like, no help needed. I'm the best hunter in the world. Jeez. Land or sea. <laughs> like, yeah. Way too cheerful that he did that. Um, so Rachel swims over to where he's hanging out with the squid and she helps him to immobilize it by grabbing his other tentacles in her mouth and so between the two of them they kind of have it immobilized by holding on to all of its tentacle leg things <laughs> i don't really know <laughs> sure sure this is fine i guess um so the rest of the team comes over and acquire it one by one luckily this is one of the animals that becomes calm during acquiring so that's good uh, and they each have to hold on to the acquiring phase for longer than possible to let the other person demorph and come up and touch it and start acquiring it, blah, blah, blah. But eventually they all get this thing. They let the squid go. It swims away with, like, one tentacle short and goes disappearing into the deep, probably never to be seen again. <laughs> the Kraken. The Kraken. <laughs> this is the start of the Kraken fairy tale. Um, Marco and Axe have an exchange about your minutes. <laughs> again! Uh... Axe is still very sullen about the minutes thing, for whatever reason. Oh, okay, that was the best, though. When, like, Marco says, or Axe goes, like, we have two hours and six of your minutes. And Marco's like, they're everyone's minutes. It's all of our minutes. We're on Earth. They're Earth minutes. And Axe just goes, now we have two hours and five of your minutes. <laughs> and that cracked me up. See? I liked that. That's a, that's a fine response for me. Like, that's that's a very kind of Axe response. Yeah. Whereas the other book, it was just like Axe being bitchy for no reason. And <laughs> <laughs> this one, it was just like he doubled down on the your right. minutes. But he, it, it was I a liked. smart ass reply, not a, yeah. a passive aggressive like 
Well, maybe it was passive aggressive, but not. I, well, I love that they still can't tell. They're still like, we don't know if that's funny. We don't know if it's passive. Like, we don't know how to take this. I do like over the last few books how they keep pointing out how Axe has picked up kind of human mannerisms. Yeah, I love that. I can't wait to read his book next. I know. I was so excited. I mean, we we can talk about this at the end. Yeah, we got to keep going. Okay, with this. okay, yeah, we're almost done. Sorry, <laughs> right? I'm getting distracted we, by we my are. boy again. I know, but that's we'll talk about it a lot because he is next. Okay. okay. Anyways, moving on. Um, they all start morphing to squid, and one of the first things that happens is they all want to eat each other. So <laughs> Rachel, <laughs> Vor, Vor happens. <laughs> Rachel notices that one of the squids was not paying attention, so she launches at it. But she is brought out of her squid brain by Cassie's protest of, hey. Did you just eat me? <laughs> Did you just try to eat me? And Rachel, like, literally goes, I, I was just, and Cassie's like, I know what you were just doing i'm in the squid too but i didn't eat you (laughs) like it was this like moment of like cassie was moderately annoyed but i really genuinely liked their interaction Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it felt like real (laughs) so yes one of the few times i didn't have a problem with dialogue in the book that was good um anyways once they all have control they let tobias lead the way because he was the one that found the pemolite ship but unfortunately like they are trying to find the ship in the middle of an ocean where they've probably moved miles from where they were in just acquiring the squid and morphing and blah, blah, blah. And he has to find his way back down there with absolutely no lights. So they go diving down. They are going like shooting back and forth, looking for where this thing could possibly be. And basically they get to this point of no return where Axe is like, we literally don't have enough time to like surface and come back down now. It will be too late if we do that. So we are past the point of no return. We have to find it or we fail. Um, then up ahead to make matters worse in quotation marks, they spy some Yerk ships. But Tobias is like, no, this is great. Let's use this to our advantage. Follow the direction that the ships are going because they're obviously going to the Pemolite ship. So they follow where the lights are going for the Yerk bug subs i don't know submarine bugs fighters some modified bug bug fighter thing bug subs i like that (laughs) it is a description (laughs) (laughs) Uh, eventually they shoot over this open gorge and that's where they see in front of them the pemolite ship which is the stupidest thing ever the stupidest thing ever it glows faintly green and looks like snoopy (laughs) kind of Yep. Uh. So they swim up to it, they touch a tentacle to the control panel, and then enter the super secret code, six. Woo! <laughs> they are granted access to the ship, and they were told, like, the environment will adapt to you, so they're like, I wonder how it'll adapt to a bunch of squids. Um, it opens a door large enough for them to get in, and then creates bubbles of water that they are each floating in, and they can just jet around the ship in their weird water bubbles. Cute. And Marco immediately goes, we could dominate the water park industry. And Rachel is like, ah, yes, my first thought too, Marco. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So um, they kind of experiment with the bubbles for a bit, like jetting around and like trying to reach out of them. And like they can feel the dry air when they reach out of them. So it's kind of crazy. 
Um, and they're looking around the ship for a bridge, and Axe is getting more and more annoyed because they keep comparing it to the Andalite ships. <laughs> because they were saying something like, wow, this is so cool because there's, like, swirly sky patterns, and there's, like, grass stuff, and, like, paintings of weird bird creatures that are just, like, long feather boas and, like, trees and blah, blah, blah. And Axe is like, well, sorry we had to make room for the weapons on our ship. <laughs> and he even makes a comment like... The Pemelites are dead. The Andalites aren't. So there. (laughs) (laughs) This is getting so mad. He got so mad. And he's like, there has to be a bridge somewhere. And Marco's like, what about that big tree in the middle? And when it is the big tree in the middle, Axe is like, this is just ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Who would do such a... He's like, Andalites like trees, but come on. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. He is so good in this moment. Oh, my God. Um, so yeah, it's the control panel is the big tree in the middle and they go to press the flashing button that they hope is the one they should press. And this very polite voice comes on and they're like, um, we see you've pressed a button. Uh, we're very concerned about this because we don't want you to hurt yourselves. That would be so sad. So like, (laughs) we're just not going to do that. And then they enter the security code again of six and the voice goes, oh no, our concerns were misplaced. We hope we can have a nice meal together. <laughs> like, I love I love the Pemolite computer. It's my new favorite NPC. It's so freaking nice. It's the nicest thing ever. And it like just keeps suggesting things that they can do together. I was picturing like, um, have you seen The Good Place? I've seen a few episodes, yeah. Okay, you know Janet? The, yeah. The, yeah, I was just picturing Janet. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> except she didn't play the screams of hell that's then. true that's true <laughs> uh yeah oh no that's cat what cat on the <gasps> table anything but a cat don't drink my water you little cretin how timely you know who else just showed up fluffer mckitty visa three. Oh yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah, after the voice invites them to a pleasant meal, uh, it says all the chi in will self-destruct in a matter of minutes. And then the hull goes transparent and they see Visor 3's horrible face through a viewfinder in the bug fighter sub. His the sub horrible bug, face. Bug sub. His horrible face. They say something like his andalite face, but that was like, you know, marred by darkness or whatever the fuck the latest <laughs> descriptor is. Yeah. So anyways, um... The Yurks do manage to breach the barrier in record time. Hard to imagine with the security system that the Pemelites have, but, you know, here we are. Uh, And they start entering the ship. Uh, The kids are like, what the fuck do we do? We can't morph. And they're like going back and forth when an annoying voice cuts in. And a small creature that walks like a bird or small dinosaur with black wrinkly skin, a vaguely human head, and weak, fragile little arms walks out. (laughs) I got a big head and little arms. That's pretty much what he looks like. And he goes about describing each of the Animorphs in like a very disdainful tone. He's like, ah, Jake, the sanctimonious killer. And then, ah, Cassie, the hypocrite. Violence is never okay except what it is. And then he calls Axe the shadow of his older brother, which is possibly the meanest thing. I know. It's like low blow. I know. What a dick. <laughs> um, and then he goes, oh, Marco, the funny one. How's your mom? Still screaming wow. with a yurk in her head? Wow. Yeah. Fuck this guy. Yeah. 
Seriously, and Marco tries to, like, reach out and get him, but, like, his tentacles just, like, bow away. He can't even touch this fucking thing. Um, and then he calls Tobias the boy who is too afraid to live as a human. And then he goes, ah, Rachel, the one filled with cold fury and rage. The one that has potential. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he, like, just gives up the ghost. He's like, yeah, my name is Drode. It means wild card. I'm a servant of Cryak, and this is payback for destroying the Howlers. Like, he put them through all of this shit just to hit the self-destruct button for the Chi. <sighs> That's all he did. God. Um, I didn't think that was going to come back so quickly, honestly. You know, I forgot it did. Um, When I was, I thought this was, like, just looking at the cover before I started, like, reading the book, I thought this was a totally different book. And then when I started to read it, I was like, oh, yeah, I, like, vaguely remember this now. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. And I forgot even then that, like, the drode shows up at the very end. I knew something with Cryak happened, but I couldn't remember exactly what it was. Sure. But yeah, so it was a pleasant surprise to see the drode. <laughs> Is it? Who I always, um, for whatever reason, I always imagine him looking like, um, who's that chameleon guy from Monsters, Inc.? Oh, uh, Randall? The main bad guy. Yeah, I always imagine him looking like Randall for some reason, but with like a green mouth. It, so yeah, the drode is there. He's a dick, but whatever. Um, and then, like, for whatever reason, they have this, like, conversation about, like, everything Cryak will destroy, but, like, he mentions that they'll save the whale because the whale crosses the line of sentience, and they can't mess with sentient creatures, and then, like, Cassie's like, oh, but you're gonna kill the Chi, and he's like, they're androids, you idiots. Um, and then something, uh, something, 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 uh, the whale's gonna live, blah, 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 Cryak will kill them all it's gonna be great the kids are like great you've trapped us we're doomed we're gonna die because you know we can't morph in front of the enemy and the drode just laughs and says there's always a way out and then disappears behind a tree that is too small (laughs) go you drode um so cassie's the one that figures the way out first she's like oh ink we have ink so they all ink themselves in their (laughs) bubbles and that hides their morphing. Um, although Rachel does figure out that they can go to the top of their bubbles and like stick their heads out. So um, that was pretty funny. I was imagining like a Violet Beauregard in the new, new, new um, Willy Wonka situation where you just see the head at the top of the giant balloon body. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, which one was her again? Oh, yeah, the blueberry girl. Blueberry girl, yeah. Violet, you're turning violet. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, um, yeah, Rachel's just hanging out at the top, like, watching just Tobias, basically. They can't really see any of the Yerk army below them, which is good, because that means that they can't see each other. And then Rachel goes grizzly. And then, as she says, like any self-respecting grizzly bear, she's able to dive down and swim out of the bottom of her bubble where she then drops like 10 feet to the ground and joins this melee that is happening in front of them. Um, Axe and Tobias have actually caused some damage. Like, Visor 3's one stock eye is like barely hanging on, they say. Ew. <laughs> Which is kind of gross, right? It's just like flopping uh. around. It's, yeah, like he cut, he probably cut the nerves and he just has like one dangly eye. Nice. Good shot, <laughs> gross. Tobias. Yeah, real good shot. Um, and Axe is, like, laying over a pile of, like, dead Hork-Pajur. But, like, you know, 
it, there's still more. There's always more. So they are like rushing into this battle and Visor 3 is saying to them, of course, this is the final battle. None of you will leave this ship alive. Blah, 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 blah. Normal fucking monologue that nobody <laughs> even gives a shit about anymore. Yep. Um, and then he reveals he has caught Tobias and will kill him. And he's like holding Tobias's little bird body. Oh, no. Um, Rachel charges, but is cut off by a taxon, and this is what really begins the battle. Like, Rachel tears his taxon in two, but realizes, like, it's too late to get to Tobias. Um, and this battle does not look like one that the Animorphs are going to win, because there are just so many Horkbizzer and Taxon that are, like, in this fight. So, they're in this crazy, like, slicing, pummeling, tearing, slashing fight. Rachel is taking huge hits where, like, it's slicing her hip wide open. Her legs aren't working. Shit's all broken. And that's when the droid kind of, like, gleefully jumps back into this battle and, like, starts talking to Rachel specifically, saying, like, ah, I love a good battle. And then she, like, as Rachel's, like cringing dying slashing limbs aren't working can't fight anymore has like two horkbizer right in front of her the droid offers rachel a job basically and she's like thanks for the job offer sounds great no <laughs> and what it is is kill jake and cryak will save her and she can come work for cryak and rachel's like yeah no dude not gonna do that at this point, it looks like the battle is hopeless, and the droid keeps pushing Rachel to do this thing for Cryak. But then, there's some flash of ivory and steel and lightning quick. The control panel is hit, the self-destruct of the chi is deactivated, and all of a sudden, the, the violence protocol comes on and freezes everybody into place, including the Animorphs. <laughs> the, the only ones still moving are the droid, and Eric, who made it to the ship in under 10 minutes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, like, the ship itself just starts apologizing. Like, we're so sorry that violence broke out. We're going to have to kick you all out. But don't worry. We'll, like, heal you first. It's cool. <laughs> so this, everybody's frozen. Center? It's kind of a Pokemon Center. Yeah. <laughs> like... So everybody's, like, frozen in place, and the drone is still, like, Rachel, this is fucked up. Like, the Pemelites, they're so tedious. I didn't expect this to happen. But also, if you're ever in a desperate situation, just kill your cousin, and Cryak will take care of you. Don't worry. Wow. And then he just, like, disappears. Jesus. <laughs> the drone's such a shit. I kind of like him. But he's a shit. Oh. Uh, it's like tempt Rachel yeah. hour. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Um, and then the ship goes ahead and packs up all of the furious Yerks into their ship while apologizing that they had a bad time and hoping that one day they can meet again for a pleasant activity. <laughs> and Visor 3... <laughs> fucking Visor 3 is just like, ah, what the fuck? Like, whose ship is this? Who owns this? I'm going to kill you all. You can't do this to me. <laughs> he, like, threatens to... <laughs> He is. He's like, I will disassemble this ship piece at a time and no one will stop me. <laughs> He's very mad. Yeah. Um, after they were gone, the kids morphed back to Squid and the ship, like, you know, was polite to them, but expressed that it would like them to leave. <laughs> uh, 
And then the Chi moved their ship to an even more secure location in the ocean, so... Don't know what they're gonna do if this happens again. They didn't seem to iron out the kinks the first time. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> yeah, whatever. Um, and then we just cut to, like, the kids go home and every single one of them was grounded. Mm-hmm. It's literally the next part. Like, <laughs> there's some jumps here that aren't quite smooth. Sure. Um, Rachel considers telling Jake about the droids offer, but then decided that she won't because she knows herself. She knows she would never do that. She's never going to betray Jake, but she also just doesn't want to worry him. So she's like, it's a, a non-issue, basically. Right. Um, then she decides to go out for a run because... Grounding doesn't extend to running. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that was my first thought. I'm like, wait, you're grounded. You can't leave. Um, <laughs> shortly thereafter, a shadow passes over her. And so she starts looking for a place to morph, knowing it was Tobias's shadow, not like a shadow of doom or something like that. <laughs> um, then someone starts calling her name. It was Titi. He caught up to her and he starts to like ask her again, like, hey, like about that movie. And so she's like, she had this moment where in her head, she's like, he's cute. He's normal. I can do this. But then she opened her mouth to say sure and said, how many ways do I have to say no? And then he called her a terrible name that they don't tell us. And he left. Oh, my God. Like, really gross. I kind of wish he hadn't done that. Like, because she was like really tempted by this guy. And... I think if he had been, like, really sweet about it, it would have, like, hit harder. Yeah. But the fact that he turned out to be an asshole is just kind of like, well, screw that guy. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, I feel like every guy that, like, hits on Rachel in these books always turns out to be an asshole. Yeah. I kind of wish that weren't the case. Yeah. I mean, whatever. It... It felt gross. Yeah. This entire ending actually kind of felt a little weird. Yeah. But yeah. It's like, so the end of this book, it's only a few more lines to the end of this book. Um, and Tobias basically, he thought speaks to her and says, oh, he was cute. And Rachel calls him a mouse eating freak. And then he says, hey, I heard that laughing at her. And they kind of, like, poke fun at each other. And he makes a comment like, oh, that guy called you, you know, a name. I see he was, like, observant as well kind of a thing. What the hell? And then it was very weird. And then Rachel's like, I'm going to get some wings. Watch out for me. And Tobias goes, I always will. And that's how the book ends. Mm. Like, Mm. (laughs) I wanted it to be, like, like, aww. But instead, I was like, Ugh. oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, okay, whatever. Yeah, that was that was it. Like, okay. I mean, I guess. So, concerning that whole like sub arc thing with TT and Tobias, the love triangle thing, like I like uh-huh. that Tobias was treated it as very cavalier. He was very cavalier about it. Because I feel like that's in character for him. Like, he wouldn't necessarily be like, oh, why do you like him and not me? Like, he would just be like, oh, yeah, right. yeah, that's cool, I guess. <laughs> Don't feel sorry yeah, for me, he'd I'm be a like, bird. Well, right, he'd be like, I can see exactly why she likes him or yeah. me. She wants somebody normal. She, yeah, like, he would have his own yeah. thing going on. But he would be very, like, yeah, cavalier with her. Yeah, and I don't know, like, so I liked that, but I don't, 
they don't even mention the fact that an anamorph and a non-anamorph can't really be together logistically because that's going to cause a lot of fucking problems. Again, a la Spider-Man 2. Um, yeah. <laughs> a la Spider-Man <laughs> <just all> <laughs> Sorry. Hero and normal person. Like, like they don't right. even get into that. Which I kind of hope they will eventually because that's kind of a big, you know, thing that you could get into. Um, yeah. And... Yeah. I, I was also kind of surprised they didn't unpack it more. Right. I mean, I guess they didn't really need to, because, like, we already know there's obstacles with the hawk and and the human. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to get it at here. It feels but... like... Well, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, so correct me if this is wrong. But it, it feels like every time we go to a Rachel or Tobias book, they're building towards something, mm-hmm. but, like... It just dies off completely from the other character's perspective. So, like, we keep getting this, like, ramp up where we're like, okay, we're ready to see what this is leading towards. And then it just dies. And the next time it happens, we're like, oh, yeah, we've seen this before. Like, fuck this. I don't know. Maybe that's not accurate. No, no, no. I, I see that. Um, I noticed that, you know, Rachel is tempted by this guy at the beginning of the book. And then at the end of the book, she's tempted by this, like, dark force. So I kind of liked the comparison mm. there. Which, yeah, which that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that in the first read through. So Yeah, I didn't pick up on that at all until you said that. Yeah. I like, though, that with the dark force, she was immediately like, you could never tempt me. You could never do this. But, like, with the date, she was like, mm, normalcy. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that actually um, reminded me of when you were talking about... It was some other book recently where you were saying, like, she is tempted by normalcy. Like, mm-hmm. when her dad was moving and she had that chance to move away, she seriously considered it. Yeah. Um, so this, it was another time. Like, when this came up, I was like, oh, yeah. Like, like what Casey said in that other book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was interesting. But, like, this time she really, she thought about it. But it wasn't, like, anything overarching, yeah. like, before. Sure. I like that she just rejected him. <laughs> I like she's just brutally like, no. How many times do I have to say no? <laughs> I mean, that's the other thing, right? Like, she said no to him once already. And then he was like, so how about that movie? And it's it's like, no. <laughs> just, uh, yeah. Absolutely not. Like, he was just like a really like creepy kind of nice guy, dude. Yeah. I didn't like it. Y'all, when a girl says no once, that's all she needs to say. Fucking leave her alone. I know, right? Then we get into the whole problem about, like, society training men to ignore no because it's women playing hard to get. Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. Gross. No means no. It's super the end. gross. Yeah. Seriously, how many times does she have to tell him no? <laughs> it's a serious question. <laughs> she... When you read it in the book, you thought she was being sarcastic, but it legitimately needs numbers, guys. <laughs> oh. oh, it's gross. It's all gross. It's so gross. Um, so overall impressions for this book. Overall, I'm going to say this ghostwriter did a very good job. Like, mm-hmm. I just want to say it. Not that Zachary didn't, but like... This ghostwriter was just, like, I think more in the canon of Animorphs, uh-huh. understood the series a little bit better, uh-huh. understood the relationships a lot better. Yes. Um, and it was just some of the dialogue wasn't 
as strong as it could have been. And I think um, there's just something about when Applegate writes a book where it has that like ability to suck you into the character and make you understand the intentions. And I don't know how to word it and I can't pinpoint what it is, but it was missing that. And I can't even fault the ghostwriter for that because, like, it is so rare to find that quality in a book. Yeah. So, like, you know, that wasn't there, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, I I thought the character interactions were a lot better in this book. And mm-hmm. I thought, for the most part, the ghostwriter nailed all the characters. With the mm-hmm. exception of that moment with Jake which I felt was really weird. Well, I mean, it, not totally yeah. out of character even, because, like, yeah, he is protective of Tobias because he has the guilt. Right. But I, I don't know. I just I had a lot of issues with I that wonder, um, it's not to completely derail, but I wonder if that was Jake, like, just acting out how guilty he feels and, like, mm-hmm. putting that on Rachel. And it's entirely a problem within himself that he was just, like, trying to put on someone else. Like a kid acting out, like, I feel guilty, so I'm going to say this is on your shoulders because then he can at least yeah. say this one decision wasn't on my shoulders. I mean, I get that, but I just don't understand how... I don't buy it. I don't understand how logistically <laughs> we got to that point because, again, he should have been like, yeah. no, Tobias, you cannot participate. Yeah, that that whole... So that felt out of character yeah. for me. Um, the I guess the only other like character critique I have is that I don't know if... I really bought a lot of Rachel's inner dialogue, um, which yeah. I noticed the second time around when, when we were talking about it. Like, she she was a little too, like, introspective and a little too okay with being afraid of things. There was no, like, fire there. There wasn't, like, yeah. that, like... There wasn't that rail against the world just for the purpose of, like, being able to rail against the world. Yes, her fire was dampened by her fear of the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Bad joke. Um, But yeah, I I I totally agree. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um, So since we're at this point, should we do character ratings? Yeah, let's do it. What'd you think of Jake? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really like Jake in this book, if I'm honest. <laughs> and, like, not even just because of that scene. Just, like, he didn't really do much. And when he did things, it didn't feel right to me. So. Yeah, and he, like, wasn't, like, you were saying, like, when they were all having that banter about, like, whether it's Voyage or Journey and Calamar, like, he interjected once or twice, but he wasn't even really in that. And that was one of, like, the most, like, that was where the characters were all presented as themselves, I think, for the first time, uh-huh. like, in that group scenario. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Three, two? Yeah, I was going to say two, just because I was really bothered by that scene. I was just going to give him a three, because I just didn't care either way. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Rachel. Uh, I mean, not my favorite Rachel book. Um, yeah. That's just, it's so, I mean, I feel, my favorite Rachel book was, was the, the Crocodile book. So far, yeah. Um, if we're rating just, ra- well, that's the David arc too. Oh God, okay, yeah. no, stop, stop. Don't make me do this. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I mean, 
I feel kind of bad critiquing this Rachel because I spent so long, you know, getting mad at authentic Rachel. Mm-hmm. I, I shouldn't say authentic. That's Rachel, fine. But no, I know what you mean though. That's fine. You can. There's a there's a balance. Um, it's like you to quote I'm what I'm pretty sure is a '90s song. You don't know what you got till it's gone. Mm. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm gonna give Rachel probably a three and a half. Okay. Are you gonna give her a five just because it's Rachel? I mean, I really am tempted to. Yeah, like I'm struggling internally right now. Like, I want to give her a five because she's my favorite character, but. I mean, not fuck it. You four and three quarters. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Like I don't know. She just slightly wasn't herself, and it was enough to like kind of throw me off. But I still really like her. Sure. So, and I liked her loyalty a lot when she was That's like, true. "It's not even a question for me. I'm never like I'm never turning on Jake. Don't even fucking at me right now, Drone." <laughs> Don't at me, me, Drone. Oh, God. Uh, All right. Uh, Axe. Five. Because he was back and he was great. (laughs) I want to give him a five as well because when he doubled down on the your minutes moment, (laughs) that was when I decided he deserved a five today. (laughs) Uh, How about Cassie? Um, I liked Cassie a lot in this book. Um, mm-hmm. I'll give her a five. Yeah, I'll give her a five too. I really liked her interactions as well, especially with Rachel. Mm-hmm. And I really liked her in this book overall. Mm-hmm. She was accurately Cassie. I enjoyed that she stayed behind to keep bucketing the whale. <laughs> Marco. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. He was there. He had some good lines, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like a four yeah sure (laughs) sure i mean i don't know you could convince (laughs) me to give him a three i don't know three or a four yeah he's fine toblerone uh toblerone hmm i guess i don't know i guess a four all right i'm gonna give him a five because i feel like he went through his own emotional journey that we did not get to look into he conquered his fear of the ocean Um, he conquered his fear of the ocean. He did very, very good. He conquered his fear twice. He was a very good hunter in this book. He caught the squid. <laughs> um, and as much as we were not appreciative of the conversation when she told him that TT asked her out on a date, I did think for somebody who was in a, a situation where he was facing his fears and already very high stress, he acted very true to a 12 or 13 year old boy (laughs) when his crush told him or supposed maybe girlfriend kind of told him that someone else asked her out oh that's true okay i'm gonna bump it up to a five he was he was very multifaceted and complex and and great yeah okay he's a bad boy okay we did it cool and also that morph that mid morph mid-air morph into seagulls that's badass dope as fuck he's a five eric all right Eric, um, hmm, that's hard. 
<laughs> he was very much useless throughout this entire book. He was very useless, and we didn't hear one famous person that he worked with inexplicably. So he's getting a three from me because okay. I just don't care. Sure. <laughs> um, do we get to rate the Pemelite ship as a character? Because, <laughs> like, that's a hard five for Fucking me. Fucking five, for sure. <laughs> that's... That is a five, that polite-ass ship. Cool. <laughs> uh, right. uh, was Visitor 3 even in this long enough to rate him? <laughs> eh, not really. Yeah. yeah, we're good. Lords, though. No, let's rate Lords. She was amazing. Yes. She will never be royal. <laughs> she was a movie actress in a past life, though. Hollywood royalty. Anyways, she can have a four for being there. For being a bludgeoning tool. For just being a bludgeoning <laughs> tool. <laughs> I love the thought of using a peaceful robot to bludgeon a cop A peaceful to death. dog robot. A peaceful dog robot. <laughs> it's very dark. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. That's that's it. That's the ratings. That's, we did that's it. That's the book. We did it. We did it, guys. Next book next. Next uh, book next. Have you seen the cover yet for that one? Is that the cow one? Uh-huh. Oh, I love cows. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's going to be a joyous book to read. He's going to be so impressed by all the stomachs that cows have. <laughs> Although maybe not because Andalites have two hearts. How many stomachs do they have if they have two hearts? <laughs> uh, you know what would be really interesting? Just going off on a complete fucking tangent. Is um, old Andalite lore about like falling in love based on like how many hearts? Like so specifically, I'm thinking about like Hedvig and the Angry Inch, where they have the like oh, yeah. how the people fit together and like yeah. Children of the Sun. And okay, I would be really interested in the Andalite lore surrounding like how they were like weave the two hearts into the or even if hearts were like the the love organ or like what their organ would be that they take for meeting love and how it weaves together probably their tail blades right the love organ well i don't know <laughs> what else to call it not the sex organ the love <laughs> organ <laughs> there's no, a difference we can't talk about alien sex stephanie isn't here we're n- no no not aliens god damn it <laughs> i need to leave let me see myself out <laughs> oh, no. i'm the one who should leave I took this no. conversation into the gutter. Oh man. Well Bad. fine. Let's let's both leave. Okay. Alright. Email us at anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com. You can you add can us. find us. You can at us at that email address. You can also add us on Facebook at uh, Facebook.com slash anonymous or join our super secret, super awesome group. Um where I thought about the stamp story again today because I found some cool stamps. <gasps> and it is facebook.com slash group slash Animorphs Anonymous, and we are the Andalite Bandalites in our super secret group. We are on Instagram at Animorphs Anonymous, and we are on Twitter at Animorphs Anon. And for other places to find our podcast, Animorphs Anonymous, you can search us on all major podcast services, such as Google Play, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, Spotify, and all of them. All the podcast services tell me about your comic i draw and write a web comic it is called beside you you can find it at b-s-i-d-e-y-o-u comic.com and i also have patreon you can find me at kcd studios 
Yes. Yes. And I must say, this week's update, I was supremely upset about the cliffhanger because I wanted to know the next thing that was going to happen because I wanted to know the song. And I don't want to spoil anything, but it was a real cliffhanger and I am saddened. Because I want to know. <laughs> oh, no. I want to know what happens next. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll get on that. Um, and <laughs> just, Update it just, for me. <laughs> just so no one's confused. If you if you go to my comic website, um, my Patreon's actually a few pages ahead. So uh, if you want to sponsor me on Patreon, you can read ahead, which is extra exclusive and cool. Like Alex. It is. It's super cool. I, I do read ahead. And I laugh at everybody who doesn't know what's happening. <laughs> And I, I'm going to start a so guerrilla warfare where I post fake spoilers to the group. Like, <laughs> if you guys were on Patreon, you won't believe who died this week. <laughs> that would be so amazing. Oh, no. I'm going to start doing that. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. Jeez. All right. Well, this podcast is going to self-destruct in probably a few minutes. Would you like to please leave? We're sorry you had a bad time. (laughs) We hope you will join us next time for pleasant activities or maybe a nice meal or a game. Perfect. Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) How do I stop? Shit.